Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you to the vast army of folks, of volunteers uh, whose hearts are here. Um, those of you without whom we, we couldn't pull a, pull a Sunday together. So thank you. Um, thank you for all that you, thank you for your hearts because, man, y'all, y'all, are one of the, y'all are one of the reasons why it is so good to be back home. Um, now don't get me wrong, last week, last week in, in Kenya, it was incredible. And it was humbling. And, and it was inspiring. God, God's doing something big over there. God is doing something, something powerful over there. And I knew that, I knew that from the very first moment that we began our trip at DFW airport, at getting onto the plane, I knew something, I knew it was gonna be one of those miraculous sort of trips. Cause I knew that we had hundreds of folks, we had hundreds of y'all praying for us. And I just wanna let y'all know that y'all are some praying Christians. Y'all are, y'all's prayers Methodist, woof, powerful. Because even on the plane ride, y'all's, power, y'all's, y'all's prayers started to get answered. We were, um, we were somewhere over Ohio, I think, and that's, that's whenever I noticed it. That's whenever I heard it. That was the strangest sound. It was this whistly, growly sort of sound. So I looked over to our own beloved Pastor John, who by his own admission is just a, you are a terrible traveler. Um, so I looked over to John to see if he heard the strange noise too. And that's whenever I saw, that's whenever I saw miracle number one on the whole trip. Our beloved Pastor John was asleep. <laughs> and that doesn't happen. In 20 years of traveling with you, I have never seen you sleeping on a plane. Uh, and the noise I was hearing, that was him snoring. <laughs> he, was, he was there conked, I mean, in the... <laughs> He drowned out the two jet engines of our Airbus A350. It was a miracle. And I, for one, just want to say from the bottom of our heart, and I speak for Pastor John too, we just want to thank you, church. Thank you, family. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your your encouragement as we were away and your constant encouragement. While, while we're here, thank you. Um, it's an honor to get, be a part of, of this family. Thank you. I mean, isn't, isn't that what this week is about? Simply saying thanks. Simply remembering, remembering to, to say thanks. Because in just a couple of days, most of us, probably all of us, we're going to be gathered around these tables, tables that are going to be set with so much. Probably with, with too much. And so how are we going to remember? How will we remember with those who sit with, with too little? Because that's what we saw last week. That's what we experienced last week. Kids washing their clothes in, in mud puddles. Families drinking water from, from, from ditches. Entire communities, communities with, with nothing, with absolutely nothing. But you know what they did have? Joy. Pure, simple, uncomplicated, unconsumerized joy. 
And I found myself, there were moments whenever I found myself, and I even feel guilty just saying this out loud, admitting this out loud. There were moments whenever I found myself wanting what, what little they had. Gratitude without a price tag. Appreciation without expectation. They just had each other. And contentment. And this sense of joy, this sense of, of thankfulness that was in and of itself miraculous. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning as we wrap up this, this, this cold turkey series that we've been in. That's what we're we'll talking about. Our need to stop forgetting and our need to start remembering. To start remembering all, all that we have to be thankful for. In fact, one of the wisest things I ever heard said about gratitude was actually preached in this room right here by, by this loud snoring of a man right there. About 18 years ago, I remember like it was yesterday, 18 years ago, he said, he, he asked in a sermon 18 years ago, what would life look like if God took away, if God removed everything that we forgot to thank him for? For nearly two decades, those words have stuck with me. For nearly two decades, that question has haunted me and led me. Friends, we, we got to stop forgetting. And we got to start remembering. And, and God, God for his part, God gave the children of Israel a, a very specific, a very concrete way of doing that. That's exactly what we're going to see in our scripture for this morning. And so if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. We're going to be in the book of Leviticus this morning. So open your Bibles if you have them. Maybe you have a Bible app on a cell phone or a tablet with you this morning. Go ahead and turn it on. I hope by now you have the WC app. Go ahead, turn it on. Again, we're going to be in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 23 this morning. Um, and I know that we don't, Leviticus isn't one of those books that we preach from a lot. Um, so if you're flipping through the Bible trying to find it, it's right at the very front. It's the third book of the Bible. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, if you're flipping through. We're going to be in Leviticus chapter 23 this morning, beginning our reading, picking up with verse 39. Um, friends, hear the word of the Lord. It says, now the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the produce of the land, you shall keep the festival of the Lord lasting seven days, a complete rest on the first day and a complete rest on the eighth day. On the first day, you shall take the fruit of majestic trees and branches of palm trees and the boughs of leafy trees and the willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a festival to the Lord seven days in the year. You shall keep it in the seventh month as a statute forever throughout your generations. And you shall live in booths for seven days. All that are citizens in Israel shall live in booths so that your generations may know. So they, they might remember that I made the people of Israel live in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. For I am the Lord your God. And I'll admit, I'll just go ahead and admit. Uh, yeah, on its surface, this is a kind of a, this is a really bizarre scripture to preach. This is a really bizarre passage to preach for Thanksgiving. I get that. It's bizarre though, until we learn that this is in fact God's command to the children of Israel. This is God's command to the Israelites for them to celebrate their own version of Thanksgiving. The festival of booths, the the festival of, of in-gathering. It was one of the three major festivals that, that the Lord had established. 
But of the three, this one is kind of the, the outlier. This is the one that sticks out. There's a peculiarity to this one, to, to the festival of booths, because God gave them these very specific instructions. God commanded the Israelites, he commanded his people to, to build these booths, to live into these booths, these, these huts for an entire week. He told them to, to go and, and to, to, to pull down the, the branches, to pull down the boughs of, of all these different type of trees and, and, and to build these huts and then to stay there to live there, to eat there, to sleep there. God commanded them to lay down and, and then to look up, to look up through the limbs, to look up through the leaves, to, to look up and to see the stars and to remember. To look up and to see the stars and to remember God's goodness, to remember God's promises, God's promise that he would never leave them or forsake them. God's promise that he would make them as numerous as the stars in the sky they saw. To look up and to remember, to remember God's promises, to remember God's presence, to remember God's good provision. The manna that fell from heaven, the water that gushed forth from the rock. The cloud, the, the, the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night to look up and to remember, to, to remember their own fickleness and to remember God's own faithfulness. You see, it was this concrete, it was this tangible way of remembering. It was a tangible way of looking and seeing and remembering, of reconnecting for generations removed from the Exodus. You see, that's the thing, that's, that's one of the really scary things about we humans. We, we have this really pernicious ability to, to see only what we're looking for. In fact, y'all, do some of y'all remember about 10 or 15 years ago, there was this video that was making its rounds uh, around the internet. And some of our students, some of our young folks, you may have to go and YouTube this and spoiler alert, I'm gonna give something big away. Um, about 15 years ago, there was this video making its way around the, the internet. It was a video of folks playing basketball. And remember we were instructed to count the number of times that they passed the ball back and forth to each other. It was a, it was a video based on an experiment that they had done at Harvard several years prior. Um, but midway through the video, do y'all remember this? A gorilla came like dancing through the scene as they were playing basketball. Here's the thing. like. Only half of the people who participated in the study saw it. Only half the people saw the gorilla. Everyone else missed it. They missed it because they weren't looking for it. They were concentrating on something else. They missed it. They weren't looking for it. Everyone else missed it. They missed the gorilla. I missed the gorilla. The very first time I saw it, I missed the gorilla because I wasn't looking for it. And it makes me wonder what else I'm missing. It makes me wonder what else you're missing. What, what else are we missing? What else aren't we seeing? What else aren't we remembering? Because that's, that's the thing about gratitude. It's not merely a matter of us wanting less. It's actually a matter of us wanting more, of us remembering more, to, to remember more and to want more of the stuff that really matters. See, it's a, it's a sense of mindfulness. It's a, it's a, it's a soulfulness. It's a soulfulness that chooses to see God. It's a state that chooses to see God even in the hard times, especially in the hard times and, and with the hard people. 
to see God and, and to remember God and to choose to thank God. God, thank you for bringing this passage alive. And many scholars believe that actually the first pilgrims that had Thanksgiving back in 1621 were modeling it after this festival. They understood that after all that God had done, they needed a time to stop and to remember and to give thanks. That that was one of the key ingredients to a life well lived. So I want us to think back to the children of Israel in those booths. Because God had them camp out for a week, for seven days and seven nights to teach them something. And you and I need to learn the lessons as well. So let's look back at this festival of booths and see what we can learn. Three things I want to mention. First, God was teaching them to look around, to notice, to pay attention that the beauty of life, the wonder of life is contained in the little things all around us every day, but you have to tune in. We have to notice, we have to be looking for God's goodness all around us. And don't we see this in the scripture? When he tells them to build the tents, he does say, now go down to the Walmart and I'm gonna give you instructions and a kit to put the tent together. He says, no, look around. Everything you need for these booths are right there. Look at verse 40. Look at the fruit of the majestic trees and the branches of the palm trees and the boughs of the leafy trees and the willows of the brook. Notice and see you have everything that you need. And when you see and you notice, you shall rejoice before the Lord your God. It's a lesson for us. Do we notice, do we see that everything we need, God's wonder is all around us when we notice, when we tune in, when we're looking for it. I remember back when I was in high school, I loved reading the newspaper. In Shreveport, Louisiana, Bossier City, Louisiana, where I grew up, we got paper twice a day. In the morning, the Shreveport Times would come. The afternoon, the Shreveport Journal would come. This was the 1960s, and I would read them both from front to back. Really loved reading the paper. And one of my favorite things about the afternoon paper, they would have a, uh, a column by Irma Bombeck. You may remember that great writer, that great humorist. She lived in Arizona and had a wonderful way of just getting in touch with life and I've saved several of her columns, but the one I remember the most um, was reading after she announced that her cancer had returned and um, it, was, it was terminal for her. And she wrote a column called, If I Had My Life to Live Over Again, really struck with me because I think it's the lesson of our scripture. I'm not going to read the whole column. Let me just share a few things as she was reflecting back on her life, what she said. She said, if I had my life to live over again, I would have talked less and listened more. I would have invited friends over to dinner, even if the carpet was stained or the sofa faded. I would have eaten the popcorn in the good living room, and I would have worried much less about the dirt when someone wanted to light a fire in the fireplace. I would have taken the time to listen to my grandfather ramble on about his youth I would have cried and laughed less while watching television and more while watching life. I would never have bought anything just because it was practical, wouldn't show soul, or was guaranteed to last a lifetime. Instead of wishing away nine months of pregnancy, I would have cherished every moment and realized that the wonder growing inside of me was the only chance in life to assist God in a miracle. 
When my kids kissed me impetuously, I never would have said later, now go get washed up for dinner. There would have been more I love you's, more I'm sorry's, but mostly given another shot at life, I would seize every minute, look at it, really see it, live it, and never give it back. Notice what Irma Bombeck was trying to say to us as she looked back at her life. It's the business of Thanksgiving. Tune in, notice, see how often in life do we get distracted and we get worried and we have issues and problems and we charge through life and we don't see. We miss the wonder and the beauty because we're not tuned in. Life is gonna be different if every day we, we notice and we look around us and say, thank you, God, for all that you have given us. We need to be people who notice and see and, and give thanks. Last week, we were having a worship service in Kenya. Uh, we stayed in a town called Gilgil. It was north of Nairobi, wonderful place, the most delightful, beautiful people. And while we were there, we learned that they speak a regional dialect of Swahili. And so they were trying to teach us various words. And Pastor Todd took to learning a new language like a duck to water. We had one of the folks at the hotel that would give us a chart every day of new words, new phrases to learn. And Todd was studying and learning and talking Swahili. And as he studied, he realized that Swahili shares some of the same ancient roots as ancient Hebrew. And he was so fascinated and he was saying all these words. And we were in church last Sunday and Todd got up to speak and he was speaking to the congregation in Swahili. And I noticed he said the word for thank you. And when he did, the congregation just lit up. They smiled, they responded, they loved Todd. They connected him with a, in a beautiful way. And all of a sudden it hit me. I thought, you know, Todd has learned all these words of Swahili and I've only learned one word that he just shared, that one word. And I thought, but that one word I shared everywhere to everybody I would see, I would share that word because the word I learned was the best word. Asante sana, I guess that's two words. Asante sana, which means thank you very much. I wonder if we ought to go through life saying thank you, God, very much for all that you have done. Say that to each other. Asante sana, thank you for the blessings you have been to my life. When we notice and we say thanks, it, it changes us. Life takes on a different tenor, a different spirit. When we live out of gratitude, look around. Second thing that they learned was look back. In fact, I love this. God explains to them why he was going to have them camp out in the tents for that week. They camped out in those booths, verse 43 said, so that your generations may know that I made the people of Israel live in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. What God's saying is remember our stories. Remember our ancestors. Remember the people who guided us and sacrificed for us to make us who we are. We, we find our gratitude and our, and our joy when we remember all those people that have blessed us and that continue to bless us even now. Look back and give thanks for the people God has put in our lives. Remember Alex Haley, great author. And Alex Haley uh, had something very interesting in his office. 
And when people would come to see him, they were always curious and it would lead to a conversation. He had a picture in his office of a turtle up on a fence post. And invariably he would say, when people would come in, they would say, now what's that all about? Why do you have a picture of a turtle in your office? And I loved his answer he would give them. He would, said, he would say to them, every time I write something significant, every time I read my words and think that they are wonderful, and I begin to feel proud of myself, I look at the turtle on top of the fence post, and I remember that he didn't get there on his own. He had help. Don't we need to learn that lesson? None of us got where we are on our own. We had a lot of help. This is a week to look back and give thanks to parents and grandparents and family members and friends and bosses and mentors and teachers and coaches and band directors and pastors and youth workers and Sunday school teachers. Our lives are filled with people that have blessed us and guided us and loved us and shaped us. That's why I can't preach this sermon and Pastor Todd and I can't without our hearts overflowing with gratitude for you, this congregation. We are so honored. Every pastor here would tell you, we are so honored to pastor this great church. And we're amazed at the people who volunteer and work and sacrifice, all of these amazing musicians, all of the people that work in the mobile food market and pack food and go to the dental clinic and an army of people bringing Christmas to life in thousands of ways. This is a great church because of you. And honestly, you bless our lives. You love us, you support us. We're serving the church of our dreams, all of us. And we want to say thank you. In fact, last week while we were there, our host was Bishop Joe Kariuki. Ken, did I get it right? Pretty close. I'm getting closer. <laughs> Bishop Joe Kariuki was our guest. Amazing man doing amazing ministry. One of the things as we traveled, he wanted us to meet the governor of their province, kind of a rural province there in Kenya. And we, were, we had a couple of places we were going to meet. She got delayed, so we kept missing her. But he wanted us to meet the governor because he said years ago she lived in Dallas and she knows of White's Chapel and she wants to meet the two of you. But I thought, okay, that's amazing to me. Can you imagine rural Kenya, the governor knows of White's Chapel and wants to meet us because she's amazed at our ministry. She's amazed because of you and the work we do and the, the the effort we make on behalf of the kingdom of God and the difference that we make. We need to be aware we are in this life, this journey of faith together. We are like the children of Israel. We're not sure where God is leading us, but we know he wants to use us to be a light in the darkness. And we do this together. So my friends, look around and look back and give thanks that we share life and this journey of faith together. Now, I know you're not going to remember a thing about this sermon, but there's one thing I hope you remember on Thursday when our families sit down for Thanksgiving. I want you to remember that turtle, that picture of that turtle on that fence post. And I want us all to remember none of us got where we are on our own. We all had help. Remember and give thanks to God and to each other. <clears throat> then the final thing, look around, look back, 
Look up. You see, the reason I think God wanted them to camp out, Todd, you shared it. He wanted them out in those booths so they would look up and see the stars. Look up and remember how God created and God was creating. He wanted them to focus on Him. And as they looked up, they would remember the end of verse 43, that I am the Lord your God. My friends, that's our business every day. Look up. Look up and give thanks that God is with us. He has called us. He has given us a Savior, Jesus Christ. Look up and know that in the worst of times, as the choir saying, we never walk alone. Look up and know that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Look up. Look up and give thanks to God. Remember the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was one of the great pastors that in Germany during the World War II era, great theologian. Um, his writings have been so influential, his life even more influential. If you remember the last two years of his life, he was arrested and put in a prison camp in Germ Germany because he was critical of the Nazi government there and his Christian faith was in conflict and he spoke out and criticized the government. So he was arrested. But when he was arrested, Bonhoeffer, more than he ever did, looked up. He was filled with God. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the power that touched everyone around him. As the war was winding down in 1945, there was a big wonder, would they, would they get released? Would the allies set the prisoners free or would he be executed? And they weren't sure what was going to happen. And during those days of uncertainty, he had a calm and he had a peace, an amazing spirit of thanksgiving. Literally, he died just days before the, the prison was set free. And one of the prisoners there was a British officer who survived, who made it to be released. And he talked about Bonhoeffer's amazing spirit, about his attitude on the last day of his life. And listen to what he wrote about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said, Bonhoeffer always seemed to me to spread an atmosphere of happiness and joy over the least incident and profound gratitude for the mere fact that he was alive. He was one of the very few persons I've ever met for whom God was real and always near. On Sunday, April 8th, 1945, Pastor Bonhoeffer conducted a little service of worship and he spoke to us in a way that went to the heart of all of this. He found just the right words to express the spirit of our imprisonment and the thoughts and resolutions that it brought us. He had hardly ended his last prayer when the door opened and two civilians entered. They said, prisoner Bonhoeffer, come with us. That had only one meaning for all prisoners, the gallows. We said goodbye to him. He took me aside and he whispered in my ear, this is the end, but for me, it is the beginning of life. My friends, I wish for us a life like that, and a faith like that, and a thanksgiving like that. And you know how we find it? Remember the lesson of these booths. Remember what God was teaching the children of Israel that he wants to teach us. Look around and see the wonder and beauty of the kingdom all around us. Look back and give thanks to the people that have guided us and shaped us and molded us on our journey. And look up and know that wherever we go, whatever we face, God is with us. 
Because if we will do that, then our lives will overflow with thanksgiving and gratitude every day. My friends, that is the key to a life well-lived. Would you pray with me? Well, we thank you that you bless us in so many ways and you teach us so many profound lessons of life. Help us learn from this great scripture of Leviticus to look around us, to know that you are here, that the beauty and wonder of your, your kingdom is all there. And Lord, help us tune in and help us notice and help us see, but Lord, help us look back and give thanks for the people you placed in our lives the people that guide us and love us even now. And most of all, Lord, help us look up and keep our eyes on you and know that as we walk and as we journey, even in the darkest days and the toughest of times, you are there and you will see us through. Lord, write this truth on our hearts and fill us with thanksgiving that we may through our life and our example draw people to your side. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.